New Zealand-based home renovation company, 6,593% ROAS. Sydney-based solar company, 2,700% ROAS. Hunter region-based bathroom renovation company, 5,616% ROAS. Melbourne-based building company, 13,182% return on ad spend. Adelaide-based solar company, 2,881% return on ad spend. Guys, the list goes on and on. If you are a trade-based business and you work with projects like roofing, solar, bathroom renovations, kitchen renovations, anything like that, head across to tradey.wiki forward slash pod for podcast. Tradey.wiki forward slash pod for podcast. Book in a conversation. It is game changing. If you want to cut through the noise, then becoming an industry authority is a sure way to do it. With people out there spending so much money on marketing and advertising, very often it's not viable to compete with them on budget. With that in mind, in this series, I'm joined by Erin Haskell, who is the daughter of Dan Hollihan. And Dan joined us on episode 60 of Toolbox Talks. However, Dan, they're from a company called HeatingHelp.com, and they're the number one authority on the planet uh, on the topic of heating. The reason I've asked her to come on the show is because they've done such a great job at solidifying their position as an expert and as an industry authority. And I know there's so much value in what they teach in helping you guys do that as well within your own industries, regardless of what it is. So it's broken down into three episodes. You'll be listening to either the first one, finding the right niche, the second one, which is creating engaging content, or the third one, which is attracting an audience. So enjoy the series. And if you do enjoy it, please leave us some comments in the show notes. And likewise, share it with a friend who you think would like it. Thank you giving tradies and contractors around the globe the tools to run a modern business. You're listening to Toolbox Talks from the Site Shed. Now here's your host, Matt Jones. Hello listeners and welcome back to Toolbox Talks. Uh, my name is Matt Jones and I am joined today once again on the microphone by Erin Haskell from HeatingHelp.com. Hello Erin, welcome back. Hello, thank you. Not a problem. So this has been a great uh, great. Uh, series here. It's, it's the Becoming an Industry Authority series. And um, for the listeners that missed uh, the first two episodes, go back and check them out. But the first one, we were speaking about uh, how to find the right niche. And in the second one, we were talking about creating engaging content. And the reason that um, I've asked Erin to join us on the show today is because at Heating Help, they are you know, certainly the world's um, or one of the world's largest authorities on heating um, related uh, topics. And I know there's a lot of our, a lot of listeners out there that are in in trades in that they could probably do a better job at niching themselves in. Um, and so I just wanted to get the expert on the show to talk about how they do it. And so far, it's been fantastic. So yeah, if you want to go back and check out the first episode, finding the right niche, um, and then the last episode was how to create engaging content certainly head across to heatinghelp.com and just jump on their newsletter uh, check out check out the stuff they do there to get an idea of how you can um you know how to how to do it the right way if you want to become an industry authority jump on their newsletter you pretty much follow that blueprint they do an amazing job so in this episode we're talking about attracting an audience now Erin would I be right in saying this is pretty much relevant to everyone <laughs> yes i agree <laughs> so if you're in business there's a good chance you need an audience I suppose one thing that maybe we should have changed, tweaked this to is attracting the right audience. At the end of the day, I suppose what we're talking about here is cutting through the noise. And if you are niching yourselves, then you know there's, there's a good chance you're niching yourself because you want wanting to attract a certain type of customer. 
Now, I, I know I've been through this path myself where you, you kind of, without that, I suppose, precise angle or, you know, not looking for, not being clear about who I really want to attract in, I sort of attract a whole bunch of um, uh, listeners and audience that I, at the end of the day, I'm, they're probably never going to become my customer. So I suppose when we're talking about, you know, uh, I suppose creating like the attracting the right audience, that would come down to largely, I suppose, the the content that you're creating and how who you're directing it at, and then the messages that you kind of can you're trying to convey. Um, now, you guys do a great job of that over at Heating Help. What what are some of the what are some of the things that you do to make sure that the people that are coming to your website are people that actually you want on your website? Well, like you said, with putting the right content out, um, our website is pretty all welcoming because we do have a variety of, of people on there. Generally, we're looking for people who want to learn because we do sell books about old heating systems and educational tools. So it's definitely, you know, we, we attract them with, with correct content on the subject matter that will appeal to them. Mm-hmm. So why is it important to... um? I suppose, attract this audience and then primarily convert them, get them onto a database of some description? We heavily believe in information marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's important to, to collect you know, information, but we're not buying lists or anything like that um, no. because um, we want people to essentially sign on to receive information from us because it's, it's a two-way street. In our in our site, it's very give and take. So we, you know, we'll have people on our newsletter, and and it's a conversation we have with them every week. And we find that's a definitely a more effective way of marketing because it's not blindly, you know, reaching out to people and doing a cold sale or anything like that. Mm-hmm. We're building relationships with them over time with this newsletter. So they opt in. They they go through a sign up form on our website. They opt in, um, and then they're in our network. So. Um, we very much view growing our database as relationship building yep. with people in our network. So we have that with the with the newsletter. We do seminars. We pass around a list at them and ask people if they want to join the newsletter. I've seen people write ebooks and only have them available on their website if you if you input your email address and then you're getting something of value mm-hmm. for that. And do you agree with that? Agree with that strategy? Yes, I, I think I think as long as you're providing something of value, yep, and, and both parties are on board, yeah, it won't be considered salesy spam. It'll be considered you're helping them solve a problem. Yeah, no, I hundred percent agree. I'm, I'm glad you. I asked you that because that's what we do, and I just wanted to see if I was, if you thought I was doing oh, it right. No, no, you're right on. <laughs> I've actually put my email in for some for some eBooks <laughs> that I wanted to learn from. And I think it's an interesting technique. Yeah. Um, I've seen it done in, in different ways. Some are more, more pitchy than others. Right. Um, but I think, you know, in the long run, if, if, if you're, what you're giving to the person is going to be worthwhile for them and they're going to learn from it, they won't feel hoodwinked that they gave you their email. And then, you know, once you get their info, be sure to um, let them know that you or give them the option of receiving additional content from you. Mm-hmm. Um, don't just email, email, email. Yeah. Because I- then you'll, you'll fall off their radar. They'll be, it'll be just too much information for them. Yeah, I know what you mean. I, I think, and, and I, I must admit, I've 
I've, I, there's a couple of um, newsletters and things that I subscribe to, and it, it's just the frequency is just too much for me. Like I just you're getting like an email almost every day, and I just at the end of the day I just don't engage with it. Whereas I like to think and looking at my, looking at the stats, even on on you know my own my own newsletters, you know we do it once a week or mostly once a week, and we get pretty good engagement because I think it's not it's not offensively. Like it's not all the time, you know. It's people know it's going to be coming, you know, on the Friday, and that they it, we get good open rates and you know good statistics on it, good clicks, and I think that's because the content on there is pretty relevant. It's never spammy. We're never selling anything. It's always just about you know the podcast that we've done or takeaways or you know documents that the listeners have uh, that our guests have offered, just things like that, things that can always add value. So I agree with you. I think that's pretty important if you can establish those footprints. So when we're talking about, I suppose, like let's talk about purpose of a database from a business point of view. So I like to help guys build this database because at the end of the day, um, you know, it is it is an, an acquirable asset. Like it's something that can potentially be sold. Like we know when when you know when you go to sell a business, you typically you're typically selling two things: you're selling your database and you're selling your um, your systems and the processes that run the business. So. I think it's really important that people use engaging content to get people back to a website where they can subscribe in some way to become to, to join that database. Is that kind of how you guys work as well? Yes, we we have a number of people on our on our forum, um, and and a number of people in in our new for our newsletter. Oh, it's um, different, is it? Yeah, so it's different lists. Okay. Um, we've yet to to because it's not opt in. In the forum, they haven't agreed to receive our newsletter uh, okay. um, within the forum. One of the challenges that we faced with the forum um, was because we we did not we didn't want to make it members only right away yeah. because that limits people, and we didn't have the software at the time to allow international folks to even see the content on the website. If if we had made it members only, that would limit you know to, to just the United States. Right. Okay. Um, and we found that there was a wealth of information coming from from other places that um, that we didn't want to exclude on the site. So, so we we um, we have the database. We we the main database that we did have that we do have was from our um, customers. Right. So we we use that for mailings and promotions and different things for seminars. So we have we have a variety of. Of databases. Are the customers people that have purchased books, or like, who are the customers? Yes, the customers are people who have purchased books and come to seminars. So they 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 know they're they're they join the list and and they welcome info as it comes in. Um, we don't do it as much anymore since we've moved all the book fulfillment to Amazon. Right. Um, but one thing that was interesting when, before my father retired from doing seminars is that, um, people were very responsive to snail mail. Um, and you wouldn't think that in this day and age, but, um, that w- I think that it's just become like less people are doing it now. So we would yeah. send a postcard to a specific region about a seminar and people would sign up right away. Um, so that's something to note that that might be s- worth revisiting. <laughs> Yeah, no, absolutely. Actually, it's funny you say that because I only only last week received a um. Actually, I'm staring at it. I received a postcard from from a, from a girl that I only spoke to on the phone briefly, and I was a bit surprised to get it. I was like, "Wow, this is cool. like she, she was 
Uh, we're looking at collaborating for a few ideas on the on the show. Um, however, I thought that was kind of cute to get a, to get a postcard like that. Hadn't happened in a long time. I know for a lot of our listeners out there, they're big on on snail mail, especially you know the guys that do like emergency service work. So, um, you know, we get a lot of a lot of clients that still think that some of the best results they get, um, like from a marketing spend point, is doing things like dropping fridge magnets, you know, doing letterbox drops with fridge magnets and things like that. Um, you know, they always have like a, uh, some sort of, well, they normally put on that like a, a voucher code or something that which may, which make, which allows them to track in, um, the performance of it. And they say that it works really well still. So I think you're right. Yeah. I think there is, there is definitely merit in, um, in, in doing these other traditional uh, forms of marketing. I could see that. And there's a novelty to it too. You know, now that it's not as as prevalent, I know a guy who would send birthday cards to boilers. You know, <laughs> so he'd install them, and then a year later, he'd send the thing a birthday card, <laughs> and you know, get a laugh out of the customer, but also say, "Hey, you know, how how are you? I want to um, you're due for maintenance. <laughs> Have me come back and give a tune up and make sure everything's working as it should." That's hilarious, genius. So there are different ways to think outside the box with your with your customers. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think at the end of the day as well, there's no real right or wrong way. I think it's just, you've just got to, you just got to keep testing and you just got to get out there and, you know, try different things and see what works and use combinations. And, you know, I, I don't really see the point in putting all your eggs in one basket. You've just got to keep trying and testing different things. Yes, I agree. We're like, we're, we're on all different mediums you know video website social media youtube all the different areas yeah it's different different things so what do you guys go through like i suppose a qualification process you know when you get a lead come on or somebody joins your you know your forum or if they may join your newsletter um how do you go about qualifying them through you know the the sales journey we're not necessarily in in traditional sales like that. Mm-hmm. Um, we find that people, the people who want to find our books, will find them and read them. Um, but I'd say, you know, in terms of thinking about about heating contractors having businesses, um, that involves asking a lot of questions right. and actively listening. You know, for people, what their needs are, um, what are their pain points. How can your product meet or your service meet those those points? Um, and then the other thing you want to ask is why haven't they solved this problem yet? To get an idea of the urgency of it all. Mm-hmm. And um, and then you know we they did this very well back in the twenties with all the advertising. Um, you know they they so they'd uncover a problem that you didn't even know you had. Um, you think about the the vacuum salesman or the door to door Um, you don't realize you have it and then they um, and then you just find out you know find out the why they haven't gotten it done before and then if that's a reason that you can overcome then you can make the sale yeah so um when you say when we're talking about making the sale do you guys use like nurture sequences or like automation and things like that like do you put people through uh, like drip feeds no, we don't have that. But one thing we did do when we when we were redesigning our site this time around is we really thought about the user experience. Yeah. Um, something that happens to a website over time is, and what happened to ours is, it's easy for it to become what we call a Franken site, 
where you add all this different technology onto it. And then you're so close to it. You don't realize you've created a monster. Right. Um, <laughs> so yeah, we work with this great company um, here in the States called the Blue House Group. And they really um, helped us look at things from the visitor's perspective. Okay. And then, you know, they look at it and they say, what is this? What are you trying to convey here? Why why do you have this on the homepage? Yeah. Uh, what are you? What do you do? Um, so we thought about all those questions and and um, really considered, you know, what business are we in? What are we looking to do? Um, and then we design the site accordingly. Um, and we really have found success with it, you know, thinking about how we can take people from A to B in the shortest distance possible. Yeah. Um, I saw an article recently that um, there's a furniture store here in the U.S. It's called Crate and Barrel. I don't know if you have it over there. I don't think so. But it, um, they actually they had people go to their stores and observe how people were shopping in their stores. Um, and then they used that info to redesign their e-commerce site. Hmm. And then after that, they saw their web sales increase by 44%. What? Yeah, just observing, okay, these are the products that people gravitate towards. And you know, that what was interesting about the article is that you normally don't really think, okay, in-person shopping goes side by side with e-commerce because you mm -hmm. think, you know, different things, but it really is the same person in the store and on the website. Yeah. So they're going to gravitate to the, to the same things, you know, in either spot. So that was an interesting <laughs> thing that they did that. Yeah, wow. 44%. Mm. Jeez, someone would have been in the good books. Yeah. I bet they weren't at first. I bet there was, they would have been like, but are you kidding? That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. I'm sure they tweaked it a lot too, just to, to like you say, you know, test and tweak just to get to the sweet spot there. Yeah. Uh, but just it, what struck me about that story is, is that, you know, people don't often... Um, when they're redesigning a site or or building something new, they don't look at the like you know how is the customer going to approach this and is this going to be a good user experience? Yeah, that's right. I mean, it's I think we're kind of talking a little bit about conversion optimization here and how we can you know change things on the site to to make it convert a little bit better and make it you more user friendly. Um, it's something that I mean, if, if you think of it, so we obviously we get a lot of people come to us and they say, oh, you know, we need. <clears throat> we want to build a new website, we want to do this, we want to do that. And one of the things we we try to help we try to help them look at is well, okay, once people get back to this website, what can we do to increase that to make them call you or fill in a web form? Like what can we do? What's one thing that we can do to increase this website's um conversion by, you know, one or two percent? Because if they're spending money on, you know, Google AdWords or something like that, like that could be a significant amount of money. You know, if if, yes. if you've got a you know if you've got a high converting website, I mean, a high converting website might be you know ten fifteen percent. You know, so if you can Im improve it by you know one or two percent, then that's massive. Yeah, and I think it, I think at the heart of it, it lies in in getting to know your customer and what what their mm. needs are. Um, we do a lot of listening, as I keep saying on the yeah. site. Um, we send out a the the a Tuesday email for our sales. Um, okay. send that out. And what we've been doing that's been successful is we'll present them with a problem or a question. And then within the newsletter, we'll give them an article about it. That's on our website. You know, in the article, maybe an excerpt from a book that, you know, that 
we have or a, t- a topic similar to that. And then we include the link to the book where they can learn more. Um, oh, so we okay. find that just to, to give them a taste of the knowledge that they'll, they can gain, you know, so it'll be about a certain topic and then they can, you know, if they want to learn more, they can get the book. So um, they'll, they'll look at it, read it and say, oh, this is great information. I just learned something. Um, I'd really like to learn more. So that's how we, we um, convert those into sales. So are we talking about books that have been written? Yes. By, by you guys? Yes, mostly the my my father and and other experts that we have on the on the website in the, in okay. the store other books we have. Oh, okay, so you so you guys just don't sell Dan's books; you sell other stuff as well. Yeah, in our in our store, we have links to to a lot of great books written by people in our network. Okay, and that was a, that was a question that I was about to ask you. You know, when we're talking about attracting an audience, and when we're talking about how to become an industry authority. You're also putting yourself in a position where you're opening yourself up to strategic alliance and you know strategic partnerships and that kind of thing. So you've just basically, I suppose you guys obviously do that from what I've just heard. Um, how does that work with you guys? Well, right now, um, in terms of the Amazon store we have right now, we can post basically any book in our store because we have an Amazon affiliate store. So it's called an A store. Mm-hmm. And we, as long as the book is on Amazon, we can offer it in our store. Oh, okay. Um, so we're selling, all of our books are on Amazon now. We move them over um, to create space. And um, so we list our books and then books that were written by friends of ours, experts, um, we can put them in our store and then we'll get an affiliate revenue for selling those books. So it's not as, it's not as large of a commission as, as our books, but it, it's, um, it's great to be able to help our friends um, with their book sales, and it's a win-win for everyone. Interesting. Yeah, okay. No, that's very clever. All right, cool. Well, look, I think um, I think we've pretty much covered off on what I wanted to speak about in that episode. Is there anything else that you wanted to talk about in, in attracting an audience? Um, I think we've covered it. Yeah, I think we have. Um, all right, well, this has been awesome. So, look, I'm, I'm sad to say this is going to draw an end to us, this, this episode and this series. <laughs> <laughs> but um Aaron, thank you very much for your time i know you're busy and i know you've um i know you've got a, a little four-year-old who's uh, running the family so thank you very much for taking the time to come on the show i'm sure the uh, listeners are very grateful thank you for having me and um just once again for the listeners out there uh if you do want to get hold um of Aaron, uh Aaron, what are your what are your best contacts it's Erin at heatinghelp.com. That's E-R-I-N at heatinghelp.com. Awesome. And I will post a link to that in the show notes. Social media, you guys are at Heating Help pretty much across the board, Twitter, Instagram, um, and yes, the website, www.heatinghelp.com. Um, so we'll have links to that in the show notes, as I mentioned. Um, but look, I think that's pretty much just uh, wraps that up. So Erin, thank you once again for joining us. Um, it's been fantastic. Uh, and for the listeners out there, if you did enjoy those episodes, please don't be afraid to leave us some comments on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or in the show notes. And we look forward to seeing you become an industry authority. And that's a wrap. Thank you for listening to another episode of Toolbox Talks. If you're liking what you hear, then you can head across to the siteshed.com where you can join our community by signing up to our Toolbox Talks. Uh, you'll get sent a weekly notification which is basically a highlight of everything that we've spoken about during that week along with any other industry news that may be relevant or specific to the trades. 
If you're enjoying the show, you can head across to iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud where you can leave us a review. Uh, That would be fantastic, and all the reviews get read out in the show. Uh, Likewise, if you have any friends or colleagues that you think would benefit from the show and the, the episodes that we create, then please go ahead and share it with them. Thanks for tuning in, guys. I hope you enjoyed that podcast. Please, if you did, head across to iTunes and leave us a review. We would very much appreciate that. Anyway, if you are a project-based trade business and you work in solar or bathroom renovations or kitchen renovations or roofing or something along those lines, and you would like to see some of the results that we've been showcasing in our marketing on for your business, thousands of percent return on ad spend, 2,000, 3,000, 5,000, 7,000, 13,000% return on ad spend, please head across to tradey.wiki forward slash pod for podcast. That's tradey.wiki forward slash pod for podcast. It will be well worth the conversation and I can't wait to chat with you. Ciao.